You're listening to Geek Jabber Live, the show where the main host has a face for radio and a voice for silent movies. Strap yourselves in and dial up the disappointment. Welcome to Geek Jabber Live. Yes, we've made it to episode 10 of Geek Jabber Live. How we got this amateur production to double digits, I don't know, but somehow we're here. (laughs) And not banned from the internet. (laughs) Not yet. How did that happen? (laughs) But yeah, as you can see. made a mistake somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, um, as you can see, we've got a three person show. We've got myself down in crappy Canberra, Tim. We've got Nick up in Sydney, hey. and um, in the penis-shaped country known as Sweden, we have Querty. Hello, hello. Hey, Querties. And how hey. are you all tonight? Oh, look, you know, I'll tell, tell you what, I'm over the fucking rain. <laughs> I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but it has been so wet here. Um, yeah. yeah, well, 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 just for a bit of context, because I think you guys know, but perhaps our audience doesn't. I tend to sort of get out onto one of our um, dirt trails here um, on the mountain bike. And yeah, in this weather, it becomes a bit of a slip and slide. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. But um, moving right along, going from um, rain to something that shouldn't ever be in the rain, we're talking about processes tonight. Oh, yeah. And, um, and basically picking a decent processor when you upgrade your machine yeah tim i've I've got a feeling that you're going to open a can of worms here yeah because um oh um i put up a tech tips article recently on geek java where we've basically put into writing a article on the same thing Mm -hmm. um the issue is i think um some of us have some uh mixed experiences with AMD and tend to prefer Intel CPUs for a lot of things. Yeah. So you can say this is a red versus blue <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, if, if, you read, if you read the article, you know, I, I, try not, I try not let that bias through because, hey, I'm trying to, you know, I should, I should be at least somewhat fair to... Uh, both CPU providers, but I have my uh, I have my reasons for preferring Intel. Mm. Well, do tell what what is your reason? Um, well, it's two. Um, I basically had two AMD machines as rec- as my regular machine. One is back in the day of um, the AMD XP CPUs, where I had an AMD XP twenty six hundred. That machine was absolutely reliable. Ran 24 hours a day, seven days a week, pretty much nonstop for five years without a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, then I went to an AMD Phenom, and it Ooh. was yeah, <laughs> constant, constant crashing, constant blue screens. Yep. It got thrown out after about six months, and I went back to Intel. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basically a case of, um, you know, I've just find that you know AMD can produce good products at times. At other times, they're not. I've found they're a bit of a bit of a no-go zone. Yeah, look, Tim. I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head in that. It, in terms of speeds and you know technology advancements, yeah. it seems to be a case of cat and mouse constantly between AMD and Intel, and it has been since the '90s um, and the 2000s. And 
Look, I, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find people that aren't in one camp or another. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm in the Intel camp. I, I come from an enterprise uh, background yep. where you really don't see AMD at all, um, e even today. Well, yes, you might be able to squeeze a few more clock I, ticks out of an AMD, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, well, to be fair, um, and it, like at the top end of the market, Intel had top dog for a long time. Like back in the Phantom days and the FX days, mm. um, yeah, Intel chips absolutely thrashed mm -hmm. AMD. Then, yeah. then Ryzen came along mm. and that seems to have tipped the performance stakes towards AMD. Mm. And to be fair to AMD, I've criticised them earlier, but to be fair... AMD Ryzen seems to be one of their better products. Having said yeah. that, I'm getting the impression that the 12th generation Intel chips that, are, that have come out in the last couple of months seem to be pushing that slightly in favour of Intel again. Yeah, look, I think, um, again, again, you know, talking about the enterprise market, it's important to consider work workflow and what your workflow is. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not always looking for raw cpu power you might be looking at gpu power for example for computing and and things like that which throws a bit of a spanner in the works but um in terms of support as well like os support i know that the um the later amd cpus had issues with free free bsd based um uh software and things like that so and uh, it seems like you know when you're talking linux and free bsd and things like that Intel seems to be yep. the chipset to go. Yeah. And ha having said that, I think the first couple of releases of Windows 11, mm -hmm. there were a few performance issues with AMD Ryzen. I don't yep. know whether... I didn't really investigate whether that was an AMD thing or a Windows thing, um, but I did see a few complaints about uh, um, Windows 11 not performing as well as it should on Windows 11. Mm. On uh, AMD-based processors. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just to be um, awkward, for an ordinary user, does it matter if it's Intel or AMD? Uh, it depends on, like going back to what Nick was saying, it depends on your workflow. Mm. Um, if you're doing stuff yeah. that is very CPU bound, then mm. yeah, then yes, it potentially does matter. Yeah. But and like that being said, though, like even if it's you know, uh, you're talking bees dick comparison, yeah. like. <laughs> Intel and AMD, they're constantly at each yeah. other's heels in terms of performance. Yeah. You know, you might get one high-end CPU that is leaps and bounds ahead of the other manufacturer. But at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. people aren't going to be paying thousands of dollars or, you know, yeah. the big money for that high-end CPU. Yeah. Uh, and what QWERTYs were saying doesn't really matter for the 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 end user yeah. that's doing web browsing and yeah. that sort of thing like like for yes, probably no yeah for general purpose computing probably yeah. not and i did make a reference no. to that in the article for most people it basically boils down to personal preference are you mm -hmm. an amd person or are you intel and as long as there is a cpu that does what you need in the price bracket that you're willing to pay mm -hmm. it probably doesn't yeah. matter if, if it's AMD or Intel, both are potentially equally capable. Like yeah, and Tim, 
I think you you touched on a really important point, and that was price bracket. Yeah. And traditionally, AMD have been cheaper than Intel. Um, yep. For you know, if you want to compare price per performance metrics, but um, the longevity and and the sort of compatibility has been sort of lacking a bit. Yeah. But if you're after a budget PC that performs well, absolutely go AMD. Like there, there are plenty of options out there in terms of motherboards, even laptops these days. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. The, you but, can be pretty much choose either. Yeah, but yeah, going back to what you were saying for the high end of the market, mm. where sometimes you do need that extra performance, um, that's where you probably should be paying a little bit more attention to which one's ahead. Yeah. And I did actually link into the in the article to the user benchmarks website, which I tend to use as a bit of a a bit of a go to guide to how does one CPU perform compared to another. It basically gives um, benchmarks that users have submitted to give you a general overview of performance. So where it does matter, it it's a good little reference to have. But for most people, you know, it's really, are you an AMD person or are you an Intel person? Mm. For most people, it probably doesn't really make that much of a difference as long as the CPU yeah, does one, what you One need. question. Um, if you're an ordinary user, uh, I know it's not in the run sheet, but uh, laptop or desktop? Um, uh, now, nowadays, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I believe there's a dif difference between laptop processors and uh, desktop yeah. processors so yeah. there always has been uh, yeah. you know yeah. you you tend to with the lightweight computing whether it be a laptop or a thin client uh, on, on your desk you you're always going to forego something like it's yeah. it you know whether it be heat or yeah. you know power consumption that sort of thing there's always a trade-off yeah um, at the end of the day i think it's less important to focus on the brand uh, i think it's important yeah. to be brand agnostic and look at your uh, application that you're using it for. If you're in the enterprise market, I, I would suggest that for the most part, Intel is still the market leader there. Um, and uh, if you're into the Linux, you know, yeah, I guess advanced computing uh, as a home user, then Intel's probably yeah. still the winner there. Yeah. Um, when we're really in the enterprise, the only the only enterprise CPU that AMD made that I can think of off the top of my head is the AMD Opteron. And that's actually quite yeah. old now. I, I think they've um, kind of uh, let Intel have that market with the Intel Xeon. Yeah, look, AMD did, even to this day, they really try to compete with the enterprise market. But the problem is the CPUs themselves might be very capable. Uh, I'm not poo-pooing that at all but the the number of motherboards and the number of systems that you can buy that are com compatible with those cpus that's what's lacking yeah um there there are a lot more intel boards out there that are um on the yeah. market uh which gives you a lot more options so you basically start from the ground up start with the motherboard and then uh work out what you know CPU going to pair with that, what kind of RAM, that sort of thing. So, Yeah, and I think yeah. it boils down to, again, what your priorities are. So for me, um, because, I, because I tend to value stability over performance, because I have noticed that you know, AMD seems to have that cycled, whereas for, me, for the machines I've built, 
and um, Intel have been fairly solid, stable performance that have just worked, I've stuck with Intel. So if you're the type of person um, who values stability and having something that works over having the latest cutting edge performance, mm-hmm. um, that's where you might want to think is what has worked for you in the past mm. and then just continue yeah. that rather than um, perhaps just endlessly experimenting with new hardware. Yeah. Can I just pull my hand up and say... Look, I fully admit that I, I've been bitten by AMD, and we're going back to the '90s um, with the K6 processors. If anyone remembers those, um, but with the the K6 and the K6-2s, they were notorious for heat-related issues, and um, and I think it was the Opterons as well after that. But uh, you know, the, the famous videos of them catching fire um, and, and smoking. <laughs> um, yes. You know, it was ever since then I've sort of steered away from Intel. Uh, sorry, uh, steered away from AMD, um, and not just in their um, CPUs, but their GPUs. But that's a completely different topic. Um, look, Intel do a good thing. Uh, look, they they produce a great product. It does what it says on the packet. Yeah, it might not be cutting edge, but at the end of the day, it works, and it continues to work to this day. Look. You know, I've got I've got clients that are running you know ten fifteen year old hardware based on Intel, uh, and yes, it doesn't just come down to the CPU, but you know, everything as a system. Uh, to this to this day, it's running and it's working. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. yeah as um, one question, as a consumer, I um, there are some people who use Max, uh, mm-hmm. just to confuse uh, ARM. Uh, I believe there is ARM for uh, Windows also, and um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, where the, does ARM fit in in the CPU shooting? Uh, yeah. Well, it, where I see ARM fitting right now is based on what I'd call low-end devices. So mm. things like mobile phones, um, things like your Chromebooks. So the type of people who... Uh, basically do everything via a web browser and don't necessarily need all singing and all dancing computers. They just need something cheap, reliable, just mid-powered. That's where I think things like the... um, where I think things like the um, ARM CPUs would fit in Mm. because that seems to be what they're good at. 100%. And... and Look, there are going to be people out there yelling, what about the Apple M1s? Okay, the M1s are an ARM-based processor, but they are not suited for high-end workloads. Um, We have a bunch of M1 Macs at work, and they're they're great for the... even. I I would even say the power user market, but once you start pushing them, heat becomes a problem, um, and uh, you could argue that that's a... uh, an issue of engineering by Apple, but they're not yeah. suited for that high-end yeah. work. Uh, and I think um, it's to confuse matters even more, I think um, people keep on saying, oh, the Windows world should be scared of M- of the M1. It's, no. and I, don't, no. I don't think so. Like, I think they, com- they failed to realise that the Mac is technically... A different plat is technically a different platform. It's basically one manufacturer 
controls everything. So they can do that and make it work. Intel, because you know, everything has to be backwards compatible because everybody demands it. Um, I think it's going to be a slow... If we do go down to that, um, to that M1 path, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a more challenging journey that I do, because everything would have to work with what's already been written. So I, I think um, with, with the Apple M1 processors, I think they're sort of trying to invent, reinvent the wheel in a way, and 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 like they did the same thing back in the PowerPC days. Um, at the end of the day, Apple computers are not performance computers. Like gone are the days where you're using them for high-end video uh, editing, that sort of thing. Um, they're there for mobility. They're there for the end user. They're they're very much consumer based and. Um, what happens in the future who knows yeah because yeah that's been going back to what you were saying earlier um one of my criticisms of um the mac platforms even before m1 is no matter how good the machines technically were the one thing that apple consistently got wrong was cooling they were yep. it was far too easy to thermal to basically cause thermal throttling, which is, for those unfamiliar, that's when the CPU slows down because it's running too hot. So yeah, I think yeah, most Mac user, being one, yeah, of time, uh, has um, uh, encountered kernel kernel task throttling the basically kernel task running in the background throttling yep. everything. So. Um, the process won't overheat. Yeah, so that that uh, was uh, that was something that, um, like, some people think Mac is easy. Mac is easy to use, and if that's what they think, that's fine. Mm. Um, it's not a platform I tend to like myself, but if you want yeah. to use it, that's up to you. But I think uh, no, I would be lying if I didn't sort of at least acknowledge. Well, not lying, but dishonest. If I didn't acknowledge that, um, like Macs do aren't immune from certain issues. So, but in general, uh, choosing it's really up to yeah. what's your use case. Yeah. What are you Correct. going to use it yeah. for? So, yeah. and go, going back to what you were saying, desktop versus laptop. Um, that's where for those sort of workloads that are likely to push the CPU quite hard or the hardware quite hard that's where I would prefer a desktop over a laptop because the desktop yeah. has got generally better cooling with the exception of all-in-ones all-in-ones are basically laptops with a big screen yeah so yeah, if you if you are doing those sort of tasks hmm. make sure you're that's where I probably would suggest if you can do a desktop machine where you have decent cooling to basically avoid yeah. that uh, thermal throttling. But yeah. um, spe speaking of sort of performance, that sort of goes into the next point I wanted to bring up, um, which is like every CPU has a speed rating, so 3 gigahertz, 4 gigahertz. Um, so I think the question is, when should we pay attention to that and when shouldn't we? 
Um, Look, I, I think um, I think we're sort of reaching the peak of you, you'll notice in terms of CPU, um, you know, core clock speed, uh, and we're talking per core here. Uh, clock speed has sort of reached a bit of a, uh, a peak there. Um, yeah, and we're we're certainly plateauing out in terms of what technology and what transistors are capable of. So therefore, we're going to multi-core CPUs, and and you know that's been the case for quite a long time like that's nothing new but uh it's it's about squeezing that that uh the capability out of the core components and um uh, look i think ultimately and again it comes down to your workflow what do you need do you yeah. need um do you need yeah. higher single not that you can buy single core cpus these days but do you need yeah. less cores but higher clock speed or do you need more cores well, and well, yeah, I, yeah I, th I think on um, that note as well, a lot of people just focus on, I need a four gigahertz GPU. And <laughs> I think what people um, sort of forget is that a, the actual speed rating is generally only a useful comparison when you're talking about the same family yeah. of CPUs. So 12th generation i5 at say four gigahertz it's going to run faster than the 12th generation i5 at three gigahertz three gigahertz and i will words properly in a moment uh but <laughs> the way you notice the difference um where, where it becomes less relevant i have got a hex core um intel i5 8500 in my computer that performs about the, and that's an eighth generation Intel CPU. That's mid range. That performs about the same as an Intel i7 6700K, which is the top of the line CPU from two generations previous. And that's my CPU bases, base clock is three gigahertz and the 6700K is four. So when mm. you do it, so that basically means that when you're doing stuff between different generations of CPU or different CPU families or even Intel versus AMD, looking at three gigahertz versus four gigahertz isn't as useful as it, as it used to be. So... Um, yeah, does it matter if it um, uh, also has a base uh, rate and then boosts up to, say, four gigahertz or uh, yeah so ba basically that's um part of you might remember i can't remember when this was first introduced but you had um intel speed step technology which was where it it'd have a maximum speed and then when the work the processor wasn't under load it had basically um dropped the speed to preserve power um this is basically the the, the opposite we have a base clock where it runs normally and as your workload increases it basically overclocks the cpu slightly so it's basically yeah. a similar sort of concept just working a different way around yeah i'm looking at my own uh, cpu here it's yeah. uh, the base is uh, two mm. point uh, but and it's, it's going up to it's four. important it's important to realize though that that turbo boost if you like um yeah. It's only capable of handling that at short periods. Like it's, it, it increases temperature, increases voltage, um, demand on the the board and the the PSU and that sort of thing. So, it is only designed to 
uh, run at those sorts of clock speeds at um, very short sort of bursts. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so for those who are looking at um, sort of the gigahertz rating as a general indicator mm. of performance, it's not really useful for that anymore. Not in the way it might have been, say, 20 years ago where processes were a lot simpler. It's yeah. um, it, what matters now, and I think you were alluding to this um, earlier, Nick, um, core count tends yep. to be um, more, more of a useful um, indicator of what you, can, what you can expect in terms of performance. And what, I, what I'd suggest is you try and match the number of cores to the type of workload that you're doing. So if you're, for instance, um, just doing a, a business-type machine, where you're not really stressing it that the CPU that much, um, you could get away with um, with four cores, mm. and that and that's that's it sort of generalizing a little bit. Yeah, that that's the um, type of workload where single core performance tends to be um, more important because a lot of those not all of those applications are multi-threaded. So having decent single core performance is um, is probably what you'd want there. At the other end, if you're doing high end media production, so things like video editing, um, audio editing, animation, those are the type of workloads that can that are better designed to just being split up and run in separate chunks. So that's where mm. you probably want as many cores as you can get your hands on to. Yeah to process yeah. that yeah ultimately look it's going to come down to if you expect big performance you expect to pay big prices like at the end of the day you can't get that raw performance out of a cheap cpu you're going to have to pay the money and whether that be you know your enterprise level uh xeon processors um or your high-end uh, amd processors uh Look, just don't go off the clock speed. Don't go off the marketing. Uh, look at what you require for your workflow. Yeah. So, and again, you know, just look at the core count. So lower core counts are generally fine for just everyday computer usage. So I think four cores tends to be about the minimum. Um, and those are perfectly adequate most of the time for just general web browsing and business use. But um, if you're gaming, particularly if you're streaming or if you're doing um, content creation in the form of video editing and animation, that's where you'd probably want to look at the other end of the market to... Um, those probably, uh, yeah. I was going to say... Uh, uh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> uh, I was going to uh, ask... Memory. Uh, I would guess it's probably more important to get... As much memory as you can afford um, than a yeah. faster processor. Yeah, it yeah. depends on the workflow again. Like, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, like a, as a general rule, and we're going into a completely different topic entirely that we could rabbit on about for another hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of memory, there is a general rule I follow with Windows. Um, 
if you want, you, you have the minimum requirements for mm. so if Windows 10, 64 bit. It's two gigabit, two gigabytes of RAM is the minimum to um, to actually have that uh, work. If mm. you want to do anything at all with your computer, I generally double it. If you want to yeah. do anything useful with your computer, double it again, which basically means yeah. eight gigabytes is probably the um, absolute minimum you'd really want for a Windows 10 machine. Yeah. Um, and if you do it, if you're doing um, sort of gaming or sort of high end use, you probably want 16 to 32. If you're really pushing it, like um, really large media projects, well, that's where you throw in as much RAM as you can basically put into it. Yeah. And I think, uh, Tim, I think you raise a really good sort of closing argument there in terms of what are people looking for? Uh, I think, you know, the 8 gig minimum uh, is, is a good benchmark. If you can double it, great. Uh, I think most consumers won't be looking at more than that. Um, I think it's more important to look at uh, the quality of a system. The long, you know, the, depends on how, it depends on a lot of things at the end of the day. It looks, you look at your budget, you look at the brand of the, the machine itself, um, what sort of warranty and support they can offer you. Um, what sort of specifications outside the RAM and the CPU that you're looking for. Um, but look, 8 gig for the most most part is probably more than adequate for most yeah. people. Yeah, so um, like to follow up this closure, the machine I'm on now is 32 gig. And that's uh, the reason I did that. Like I am more of a power user. Mm. And um, I generally follow the eighty percent rule. Um, so, look, I have to ask this, Tim. How much are you using right now? So, how much am I using? Because, like, you're streaming this 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 podcast, and yep. uh, you know, you've so, got a bunch of things open. Yep. So, at the moment, I'm sitting at fourteen point one gigabytes used. Out of thirty-two. Out of thirty-two. Yeah. So, roughly half of. Yep. Yeah, but um, generally, the reason I went thirty-two in this machine when I built it, my last machine was sixteen gig, mm. and I was starting to push over um, up to about twelve, thirteen gigabytes used fairly regularly, and I tend to follow the eighty percent rule. If you're starting to use eighty percent of the capacity, um, particularly on a regular basis, that's probably it's it's a sign that you need more. It's a sign you probably need more. Yeah. So when I went this machine, I could afford to put thirty two gig into it. I put in thirty two gig, mm-hmm. and to be fit, and normally my RAM usage is about where it is now. Um, when I have a lot of browser tabs open, um, I've seen it creep up to about twenty gig, but it very rarely goes over that. Mm. So well. So, I guess, what did we learn out of all this? Uh, AMD versus Intel. Um, kind of worms on that one. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I think Intel are very much still leading the market in terms of overall, um, you know, power versus dollar versus um, heat output versus performance. It, it it's all depends on what your workflow is. Um, 
you know, some people can afford yeah. to have machines running hotter. Okay, great. But in certain uh, applications, that, that won't fly. So, yeah. Yes. And, um, yeah, always consider what you're using your machine for. Mm. Uh, um, try and match that to capabilities of the machine. So, on the Intel side, um, if you're doing just general web browsing business stuff, you could probably get away with an i3. You could go up to an i5. If you're yeah. doing gaming or high-end media production or sort of development work, you'd probably be looking at needing extra cores to run everything. That's where you'd look at the i7s and the i9s. Yeah. i7s and i9s yeah. or, you know, Xeons. Like, and if you're talking Xeon, you'd probably be on this podcast completely. Yeah. And... <laughs> um, yeah, and the user, if you go on to geekjabber.com and find the article in the tech tip section on choosing a CPU, mm -hmm. um, I have a link in there to the user benchmarks uh, website, um, which is a good reference. If you are the type of person that must get the absolute top tier performance and you're wanting to work out which... Um, which out of AMD or Intel currently holds the crown. Um, you can basically use that website as a reference. It basically allows you to compare two different CPUs. So you could, if you wanted to look at some, one of the top tier AMD CPUs and a top tier Intel, you can put them in and you can check the benchmarks that um, people are submitting and you can yeah. work out which one's got the edge at the moment. So yeah, if you that's a great tool. Yeah, if you absolutely must have that top-tier performance, that's probably a really good resource because, as we alluded to at the beginning of the show, they do just tend to trade blows as to which one has that slight performance edge. Hmm. So um, that's probably your, your most useful tool for... Uh, because, yeah, yeah, you look at some of the media outlets where where obviously very intel focused other people are amd fanboys so you, <laughs> you, you might you might not you might not get always completely independent <laughs> I, look, performance. I think the most important thing is to do your homework be brand agnostic and uh just pick what works for you yeah like yeah at, at the end of the day it doesn't matter what brand it is look at the specifications do your research do your homework and buy what yep. is available on the market at that time that suits your purpose yes and on that note i think um we might uh wrap the show up here so thank you nick thank you qwerties no worries yep and um we will hopefully be doing this again in two weeks assuming that um the amd pan boys haven't um Dox me and come and burn my house down or something. <laughs> That's yeah. all right. I've got an Intel processor, so I'll be here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you later. That works. Thanks, guys. Okay. Yep. Bye bye.